Many of you, many of you know him and uh, know the significant impact that he and Julie have made on us and as individuals and, and this church. They have sowed into our lives and our church, and uh, we would not be here without them, um, both uh, biologically and uh, <laughs> as a church. And so, uh, man, make sure you get a chance to say hi to Robert. But this series is incredible. I, I recommend it. Uh, you can find it on YouTube or there's an app on your phone. But I thought it was a great intro into our third week of what we are calling Created for Impact. And it really is kind of the, the essence of what I wanted to dig into for a few weeks, and that is that you are called. You are chosen. You are handpicked by God to make a difference. And, and maybe you've heard that along, you know, over the years because you've been in church or whatever, or maybe you're hearing it for the first time. But I hope that all of us hear it again for the first time. I hope that all of us hear it fresh and new this morning that, that you're significant, that, that your life has eternal value and meaning. And, and we're going to dig into that But first, I want to read a passage out of Luke chapter 5, and this is going to be the text that we study today, and it's going to be starting in verse 1. It'll be up on the screen, and it says this, So it was as the multitudes pressed about him to hear the word of God that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret, which is uh, also the Sea of Galilee, is another word for it, and saw two boats standing by the lake. But the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he, Jesus, got into the boats which was Simon's, Peter, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. When he had stopped stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we've toiled all night and caught nothing. And by the way, we do this for a living and we didn't catch nothing. Nevertheless, At your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their nets were breaking. And they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. Down in verse number 10, it says, And Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. So when they had brought their nets, their boats to land, they forsook all and followed him. Father God, I thank you for your word today. I thank you for the things that you want to speak to us. Lord, these are not just cool ideas. They're not even just true stories. But God, there's a message here. And you did everything intentionally on purpose. And it was for our benefit. And so today we sit at the feet of you, Jesus, and by your word and ask that you'd speak to us. That we would have an eye-opening aha moment once again this morning about who you are and the things that you've called us to. In Jesus' name, amen. As I said, um, you're called. And that's a pretty generic, broad term. And it's like, okay, well, what am I called to? And how do I find that calling? And did I miss my calling? But, but nevertheless, you're called. And, um, and I love the Apostle Paul. We're not going to get into it other than to read one scripture. But if, if you don't know Paul, Paul was the author of, of much of the New Testament which is, is where we really get the essence of the gospel. 
And, um, and in Ephesians, which many would, would say that Ephesians is kind of the pinnacle of all of his writings, in Ephesians, he has this general over and over theme. And the theme starts with, you're amazing. The theme starts with, I want you to know the treasure that you have because of Jesus, because of this incredible thing that Jesus has done. And he's like, I want you to know about the mercy of God. And he says that over and over. He says, you've been hand-selected, hand-picked. And it doesn't matter if everyone else in your life has written you off. It doesn't even matter if you have written you off. God has hand-picked you. It doesn't matter if you have dug a hole for yourself of sin or mistakes that is so deep that you can't see the roof. God, in his mercy, can lift you up out of that pit and set you high upon a rock. This is who he is. And so Paul gets so excited in all the things he's trying to communicate in the first three chapters about how incredible you are that he just bursts out in this prayer, and it's a popular prayer in verse 1, and he says, I pray that the eyes of your heart might be enlightened, that you might know the hope to which you are called, that you, Heart Church, today, on this day, might know you're called. And Paul says, I pray that something would take place in your heart, that the eyes of your heart, your soul, will, your will, your mind, and emotions, who you really are, that something would take place, scales would, would, would fall, and you'd see anew and afresh today that you are called, the hope of his calling. What is the immeasurable greatness of his power? I'm sorry if that's not exactly the translation uh, that we're reading, but you know how you memorize verses in other translations. The immeasurable greatness of his power for us who believe. This is an incredible promise that we are Call, come on, that's good news. I mean, I'm so excited today. So, so we look at this calling, and, and, and I love what happens in this passage. We're just going to kind of dig into the story, because I love to sort of put ourselves there in, in, in that moment. If you've been around church, and you've kind of read the Gospels, and you know these stories, but like, let's take a fresh look. At, at what's going on here. And first of all, the thing that I, that I love noticing is, uh, it says in verse 2 and 3, Jesus saw at the water's edge, there are two, two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got in one of the boats. Can you, can you just like imagine Jesus? He's just like wandering around and he sees a couple boats and he just kind of sneaks in and sits down. No permission, no like, hey, I really like your boat. Can I come and sit down? Can you imagine doing that to somebody's car? Like, you should try it. Today after service, go find uh, Ed's Tesla. It's right here. It's red. It's really nice. And just go sit in it. Oh, I'm sorry. Is this yours? I just figured. Just hang out, right? Like, I love Jesus. He's just like so unassuming. He just rolls in, right, and, and, and sits down. And, and it was a significant moment because it was Peter's boat. Now, now, Peter and Jesus, they don't have a relationship, right? They haven't been following. He hasn't been following Jesus, they, right? There's a, there's a growing understanding of, like, there's this person, and he teaches, and he does some things. But at this point, Peter is not Jesus' disciple. Peter, Jesus hasn't even asked Peter to follow him yet. And here Jesus ends up sitting and hanging out in his boat. And so I just figure, like, I asked the question, you ever wonder why Jesus picked Peter? 
Like, in that moment, why that boat? Why did he choose Peter? And, and maybe it's because Peter had a boat. Like, do you remember in high school when, like, the first one of your friends got a car? How many of you know he is the most popular person in the whole school? He is the man. She is the woman, right? I mean, she's, they're the people you want to hang out with. Why? Because you need a ride. I mean, Jesus had to get the word out. Like, I've got stuff to do, places to go. I've got to get around this lake. I need a boat. Here's Peter, and here's a boat. Perfect. I'm going to use you. And then, I, and then I read a little bit further, and then I realize, wait, Jesus walks on water. So I'll tell you what I would have done. I would have just moonwalked out onto the lake because I found out that when you moonwalk onto a lake, more people will come to your sermon because it's more interesting. So that's what I would have done if I was Jesus, if I could walk on the water. Why do you need a boat? Come on, Jesus. I mean, it's a silly fishing boat. You walk on the water. You need some space beyond the land. So let's just do that because people are going to be wowed. They're going to be hanging on every word. And so why did Jesus pick Peter? See, Jesus didn't want to do it that way. He, he wanted to use a boat. He wanted to use Peter's boat. He, he liked his boat. He wants to use your boat. He wants to use your life. He wants to use your weaknesses, your disappointments. He wants to use your past. He wants to use your gifts. He wants to use your house, your car, your job. This is an incredible moment where we realize that the creator of the universe, who literally suspends all life with a word, who has absolutely no need for a boat, of which he created the trees so that the boat can even exist, says, I want to use your boat. Why? It's a great question. So if we're chosen, if God's choosing us, I mean, it really, if God's chosen you, not just chosen you to survive, Right? He hasn't just hand-selected you to say, you know what, I'm going to pull you out of your troubles so you're not struggling anymore. I've chosen you for significance, for impact, for meaning, and that you're never too young and you're never too old to step into a life that has significance and meaning because God chose to use your boat. So how do we discover this amazing calling? Got three ideas. Ready for them? The first one is this. Let Jesus use your boat. I love this idea. Jesus didn't need Peter's boat. Peter needed Jesus in his boat. What a revolutionary idea. I used to think that God needed me. He needed my money. He needed my gifts. 
He needs my passion. He needs my voice. He needs my house. And I thought I was doing God a favor. Here you go, God. I get it. You need me. And so, and then some of us go, you know what? I get it, God. You need me because you have this agenda thing and you need vessels, but I, I got other things going right now. And so, and so maybe, maybe later because I'm working on me right now. I got to work on me right now. So God, your agenda is going to have to wait. You can use my boat later because I'm working on my boat right now. And in the midst of all this, we see that Jesus didn't need his boat. Peter needed Jesus on his boat because Peter's better when Jesus uses his boat. How easy is it for us to find ourselves in a place where, where we feel used? I mean, I hear this all the time in regards to the church. It's like, oh, they just want my money. Or they just want me to serve. And listen, I, I get it. Unfortunately, there are, there are places um, where, 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 you know, people can be treated in a way where they just feel used. But I'm just here to tell you that, like, God doesn't need you. He wants you. He doesn't need a boat. He walks on water. He just would rather be in your boat because he knows it's better for you. Having Jesus in your boat is amazing. Your life will be forever transformed when you say yes to Jesus in your boat. This is an absolute game changer. And then some of us, some of us say yes to Jesus because we feel bad. We're like, you know what? You're right. I've done so much wrong, and so I need to make up for it. And so, okay, Jesus, you use my boat in exchange for me not feeling bad about myself and the things I've done. Good? You take away the shame, and I will let you use my boat. And it's, God's like, wait a minute. I made that boat. I gave it to you, and I already washed your sins away. So what are we talking about? You are chosen, divinely picked, not to serve God as a penance, but to invite the creator of the universe into your life because he wants to use you so you can live a life that you would never thought possible. Come on, that's good news. Giving releases me to remember that it was his boat to begin with. I think I had that slide, maybe not. Jesus gives me, giving releases me to remember that it was his boat to begin with. God, all I have is yours. This is all I have. And it's my privilege to say, here you go. Use my life. The one who spoke the earth into existence invites us to an incredible life of impact. And all we need to do is say, you can use my boat. Your house, your car, your influence, your job, 
your passions, your insecurities, your fears, your past, your scars. He loves to use all of it. So my second idea is based on the fact that we are all deeply insecure about our boat. And so my second idea is be strong in your grace. And I got this point because I recognized that out on the shore, when Jesus walked up, there was two boats. Not just one. There's always two boats. Because there's always an opportunity for you to compare yourself to the boat sitting next to you. Now, no one here relates with that, but let's just imagine. It's one of the hardest things in the world to accept that the one who walks on the water would ever choose your boat. My boat's not big enough, it's dirty. It's not as nice as theirs. The problem is, we're we're a fisherman's boat and we're always parked next to the party barge. They got the LED lights and everyone's having a good time. And we're like sitting there in our little fishing boat. We didn't catch anything. We're sitting over here in a little fishing boat. It's dirty, it stinks. And they are rocking next door. I mean, they got speakers. Like before they even invented speakers and LED lights, they've got them next door. And you're for sure that God, if he wants a boat to like be a stage, because I mean, that's the whole thing, is this whole story is about Jesus needs a stage on the water, which is really cool, by the way. I mean, if you're going to have a stage, it might as well be floating on the Sea of Galilee. And so he creates a stage, and you're for sure that he's going to pick the party boat. And he comes up and says, actually, I want your boat. And you're like, wait a minute. There must be some mistake. There's, there's no way that you would want to use my life. I get it. See, there was a, there was a moment in time where I, would have, where I would have welcomed that. Because there was a time in my life where I was still young and I hadn't made that many mistakes and I was going somewhere. And if you would have intersected me then, God, I would have been like, of course you're going to use my boat because I'm kind of the man right now. I'm kind of the woman. I'm going somewhere. But now, after some time has passed... There's no way. And that's why we spend all of our time trying to fix up our boat. It doesn't barely sinks and it doesn't run, but we're painting the outside of it, right? Because it's just like we got to somehow compete with the party boat. We're, we're stringing LED lights, right, on the fishing boat. It's like you don't need LED lights on the fishing boat, but we do it because we are always sitting next to the boat next door. Comparison is a killer. I remember when we moved to Sacramento, we lived there for a year and it was not a great season. But when we first moved there, I remember I was actually with Robert and Julie when we first picked out the house. And at the time, kind of like now, the market was crazy and you had to like really go for it to get a, um, to get a rental house. And so we went and there was like a big long list of people that were wanting this house. And so we like found the landlord and said, we'll give you cash right now. We'll pay you for like the next six months. And we were just going aggressive and we got it. We landed it. And it was this total answer to prayer. It was down the street from a park. And like life was so good until literally like a few weeks after we had been there, we met the neighbors <laughs> through my kids. Like my kids are meeting everybody. And so we meet the neighbors. 
And uh, their names are Brian and Melissa. If you're listening, Brian and Melissa love you. So sorry about this story. Anyway, um, but they, I mean, they were like the perfect Ken and Barbie leave it to beaver family. Like everything you can imagine. They had a boat. Who has a boat? They had a boat. They were, they're beautiful, like both husband and wife. They're just like flawless. They like work out. They exercise. They get up early. Their kids were like perfect. They had a humongous pool in the backyard. They invited us out to the lake and like their like four-year-old son knows how to wakeboard. I'm like, who are you people? And instantly, this awesome world that we put together in this little street that we were all so excited about instantly was like, well, gosh, I don't like our house anymore. Our cars are grungy. I clearly need a boat to hang on this street. It's not working. And so then I thought, you know what? At least I'm a pastor. At least, at least I got him on that, right? Like I... I can preach, kinda, and I, you know, I know some stuff about the Bible. I'm totally more spiritual than this guy. And then I find out he like leads the men's ministry in their church. I'm like, just, I don't want to talk to you anymore. Gosh. The fastest way to kill something special is to compare it with something else. I mean, we could just go home right now with that one thought. You are so incredibly special. And listen, I know that's Christianese and you probably hear it a lot and you can just you know, look on Pinterest and there's all kinds of cool quotes. But like, listen, you are incredibly special. And the only reason why you don't think so is because you're staring at the party barge. Second Timothy, this is, this is a transformational scripture and I'm going to move on. Second Timothy 2.1 says this, My son, be strong in the grace that is yours. Can I just tell you? You have a grace. And it is uniquely crafted by your creator. There is a grace on your life. And can I tell you what the grace is not for? Being like your neighbor. There's no grace for that. Zero. And every effort you make to compare yourself and try to keep up with anybody, whether it's on social media or whatever it is, any of those insecurities and those, like, you know what, I wish I was and I, I, I can't measure up. And any energy we spend to be somebody that God has not created us to be is tiring and will go nowhere. But there is a grace and it is on who you are. Are. And that's a bit of a discovery of like, who am I? Who has God created me to be? The things that I love, the things that I'm good at. There is an incredible grace on your life to be you. And when you step into you, who you are, who he has created you to be, there is incredible in impact to be you. And so God says, I want to choose you. I like your boat. I like her boat. I don't, I don't want the one next door. And I don't want yours to be shiny. And I don't need you to make it look, look, look really good before I come over. I want it just as it is. Don't, don't touch anything. Don't, 
I just want to come sit on your boat and hang out. And come on, let's do this together. I want to use your life. What, what, what would our lives be like if, if we really believed that the creator of the universe, Jesus, the one that not only loves you dearly, but he's coming to you and saying, I want to use your life. And I don't want to use the perfect version of your life. I want to use the today version. Come on, let's, let's do this together. Let's do something great together. All that insecurity, that's not for me. All that, like, oh, I, I got to, you know, and eventually, yeah, I got a, I got a five-year plan to get to a place where, like, God would use me. That's not from him. And in five years on that plan, you will be no more usable than you are today. In fact, you might be less usable because you're trying to compete with everybody else that you think is usable. And God's like, I want to use your grace. I want to use your life. I love your personality. I love all the things that I made in you. Come on, let's do it. I want to use your life. Lastly, trust him to lead us to the fish. Oh, I love this point. So verse seven, it says, so they came and filled both boats with fish so they were about to sink. The nets were breaking. They, I mean, they were, they, I mean, you saw the video, like the, the whole boat, imagine, I mean, I've seen the fishing boats, they're not very big. And I mean, imagine the whole boat's like leaning, about to fill with water because there's so much fish. And what I love about this is catching fish had nothing to do with Jesus' agenda that day. Jesus' agenda was to get a boat because he needed a stage to get the word out. But at the end of it, when, when Jesus was done with, with his part, he realized there's something that I need to deposit into the life of Peter because I used his boat. You know what? You know who, 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 who it mattered to catch fish? Peter. Peter was like, went all night, caught nothing. And Jesus is like, you know what? You let me use your boat? Guess what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna let your vats overflow with blessing. Overflow with the stuff that is important to you. And this is who our God is. Listen, we don't lend our gifts and passions and abilities to God because he somehow needs them. He invites us because we are better when he's with us and we're doing things, our lives are blessed. And how many know that from the moment I said, Jesus, you can use my boat. Come on, life hasn't been the same. I haven't been used a day in my life. Not a day in my life. And I know you can say the same. When you say, yes, Jesus, you know what? I don't feel like I have a lot to offer, but if somehow for some dysfunctional heavenly reason you want to use my boat, you can have it from that day forward. My nets are bursting with fish. Bursting. And this isn't, this isn't a prosperity message. This is bursting from the inside. My soul is full. My cup is overflowing. 
My family's filled with joy. This is what we do. This is what we do. And listen, I, I talk to so many people that, that get beat up in church and feel so hesitant to like serve. And I just want you to say, first of all, we're not a perfect church and we don't do things perfect, but I can tell you, you serve a perfect God and there is not a single day he wants to use you. He just would love to be in your boat and do ministry with you because your life will be blessed. You can't outgive God. You can't outserve God because he's not using you. He's partnering with you. And it is glorious. There's a giant misconception that if I give, I have less. And so we have our little things that we are, think are so special. And we kind of put up our little village here, all the special things that we have. Yeah, maybe you can, have, you can have a little piece of it. But I, this stuff's mine and... I'm going to, no, you, you, can't, you can't have some of that. This is my, this is my stuff. I'm going to stack it away so you stop looking at it. You want my stuff. Because we think that when we give, we have less. We live in this finite world where there's only this much that I have and can get. And so I got to guard it. We hold on. And Jesus was just saying, I made those fish that you're going after. I made the ocean that they live in. And that boat, that silly little boat, I made those trees that were required for that boat. I know where the fish are. And I know what you desire. And I am a God of more than enough. There's no lack with There's no lack with So you don't have to hold on. This is the life that we're called to. God is yours. Yes, you can use my boat. Yes, you can use my life. And I know that when you do, I will never have less. I'll always have more. I will always have more. Now I gotta find my notes because I crumpled them up. Steal my notes. I wanna end I wanna end on a scripture. Ephesians chapter three. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly Abundantly. Above all that we would ask or think. According to the power that's at work in him. Not your power. Not your great boat. Not your abilities. Not your holiness. According to his great power. He's able to do way more than you could even think or imagine. He's chosen you. That's not the question. It's never been the question. It never will be the question. He, choose, he chose you before he chooses you today. The question is, can he use your boat? <laughs> Father God, I thank you for today. Thank you, Jesus. I thank you for the clear call that you've invited each of us to. 
You haven't invited us to be some kind of perfect Christian or fit into some mold of what maybe our, our preconceived ideas might be. He's just, you just invited us to be us. The beautiful version of us that you have created and that we would invite you into our lives and say, God, you can use my stuff. You can use my life. You can use my personality. God, I just want to, I want your goodness to flow through me. And so, yes, God, yes, yes. you can use my boat today. And I pray in the, in the process that you would continue to open up our eyes to a life filled with purpose and meaning, Amen. a life of impact. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Wow. Amen. Wow. Amen. God bless you.